Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Brother Ryan Frazier, praise the Lord. Let's give God another hand clap, church. By 
the blood. But for the blood. Now we are never alone. Your blood it makes us strong. Now there is power to move on. Never, we are never alone. Now we are never alone. Your blood it makes us strong. Now there is power to move on. Never, we are never alone.
my friend If you don't know Christ my Savior Oh, I beg you Please don't wait too late to pray Until his pride has been completed Oh, don't wait until you hear him say it's too late some praise today. God, we love you. We praise you. We worship you today, God. How great is thy name. Hallelujah. Are you thankful today that the tomb is empty? Because he lives, we can face tomorrow. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It is good to be in the house of the Lord today. So thankful for God's goodness, his mercy. His blessings allowing us to be in His house, to worship, to praise, and to magnify His wonderful name. To all of our guests that are here today, we're honored that you come to spend this Sunday morning with us. And uh, to worship here with us, we want you to feel very welcome. We want you to know that you're welcome. And uh, as Brother Duplessis has already said, we do have church on a regular basis around here. Every Sunday morning. Sunday night and Wednesday night. So uh, we ask you to come back. You don't have to wait to a special occasion. But we are glad that you're here today. And uh, so glad that the Lord is here. Amen. I'm glad that the Lord is here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And uh, so we welcome all of you here today. And uh, appreciate all the ones that's worked so hard over in the gym preparing something nice for our kids. Thank you for that. And for all the ones that have sang this morning, it's been good. And the uh, choir does such a wonderful job. Thank you so very much for your work. And uh, we want to remember the announcements of Golden Eagles. If you plan on going on that, please sign up after church. There's a sign-up sheet on the welcoming desk. Also, Brother Jeremy Van Winkle will be here with us tonight. So remember that. Church here again tonight. And uh, then revival starting April the 29th. Don't forget that. 
Brother Marks will be here with us for a few weeks. Looking forward to that. So April the 29th. If you have your Bibles this morning, turn to Acts chapter number 20. Acts chapter number 20 and verse number 28. I know everyone's got a lot of good things planned for today. And uh, <clears throat> I'm standing between you and probably a good meal. And uh, so uh, I'm going to do my best to... I would say hurry... But I'm going to do my best to try to obey the Lord today. And uh, so, anyway, I have, I have gotten a lot of things done uh, yesterday. I've done enough work around the house that normally would have took me about six months to get done. And I got it all done yesterday. So it's good to have these special occasions every once in a while where you can get things done, I guess. But anyway, Acts chapter 20. Verse number 28, the scripture says, Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to, to all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost had made you overseers to feed the church of God which He had purchased with His own blood. The scripture here is telling us what to do. And then it talks about the church. It says that we are to feed the flock, that the Holy Ghost has made us overseers, to feed the church of God. And then it tells us how the church was purchased. It was purchased with the blood of Jesus Christ. And you may be seated. I want to preach to you for a little while this morning from this subject. The house with the red rope. The house with the red rope. I preached this message a few years ago, and I have felt for the past two weeks that this is what the Lord would have me to bring to you today. So I'm going to do my best to try to obey the Lord. The scripture here is telling us the importance of the church. And uh, I talked a little bit Wednesday night about the church and uh, the importance of the church and the need for the church and the abilities of the church. And, uh, but the scripture here tells us how the church was brought into existence. It was purchased with the blood of Jesus Christ. Our, we are, and, and I feel today that we are... Uh, we do have the opportunity to live in uh, the greatest nation in the entire world. Although it may not be perfect, it's far better than anything else I've seen going on around the world. And I am still proud to be an American. And just my opinion, this is not the gospel. This is the gospel according to Homer, I guess. Just my opinion is that if you don't feel that way, you ought to go somewhere where you would feel that way. And just leave us alone, because we're just happy being Americans. Amen. Amen. I am uh, proud to be an American. And when I look at... at some of the history of this great country that we have the opportunity to live in, there has been great sacrifices that have been made. There has been blood that has been shed for our freedom. And I don't ever want to take that for granted. And I don't ever want to forget about that. Today, even as we are here enjoying... Uh, good place to worship, the good presence of God, there are those who are on the battlefield today that are protecting our freedom. There are those who are serving around the world today that is protecting our freedom. America has long been a symbol. People came here and this country was founded upon God and biblical principles. 
I, I hope the church still believes that anyway. I know that's kind of, uh, that kind of ruffles the feathers of some people today, but it's still a Christian nation. Amen. And uh, I, in uh, New York, there is, there is a statue which is called the Statue of Liberty. And it represents, it is a symbol of uh, the United States of America and its expression of freedom. And uh, it, it gives this whole world a, a ray of hope, a light in a dark and dreary world. And uh, I don't, people, people like to criticize and, and uh, you know, we're, we're probably more criticized than any other country in the world, but we do more for the world than any other country also. So when you're doing something, you're going to get criticized for it. And besides that, beware when men all speak good of you. And, uh, but, but it represents freedom. To why, why does people so desperately try to seek to get to this country? It's because that it is a place of freedom. It's a place where people can achieve things. People can see their dreams come into existence in this great country. The statue shows liberty as a proud woman draped in the graceful folds of a loose robe. In her upright hand, she holds a glowing torch. She wears a crown with seven spikes. It stands for the light of liberty, shining on the seven seas and seven continents. With her left arm, she cradles a tablet bearing the date of the Declaration of Independence. A chain that represents the unjust rule lies broken at her feet. A poem on the interior of the walls reads something, not the whole poem, but it has a couple of lines that says this, Give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses, yearning to breathe free. That's what it is representing, standing in the harbor there, representing, Give me those who are tired, Give me those who are poor. Give me those who are yearning to be free. Come to this place and you will find a place of freedom. Come to this place and you will find a place of help. Come to this place and you will find the opportunity to work and to accomplish things that you have always dreamed of. Even unto this day, there are those who are still giving their life, sacrificing, trying to get to a place called the United States of America because it represents a place of freedom. When I look in the Bible today, I find story after story that represents the freedom that God was going to place in His church. We look in Joshua chapter Number two, and we find that Joshua, after the death of Moses, had sent his two spies into the country or to the city of Jericho to spy out the land and the sea and to bring back a report. And uh, so Joshua had chosen to try to keep this secret due to the fact that Joshua was part of the twelve spies that Moses had sent over, and only two of them, Joshua and Caleb, come back with a good report. So choosing to try to keep this secret that he sent these spies out, uh, and people were not aware in case they came back with an evil report where he was able to give the people. And so... As they went into the city of Jericho, there uh, it was told the king that the spies from Israel or from the children of Israel had come 
into the city. So they put the city on lockdown and they locked everything up. And so we find that these men, these spies, found themselves in the house of Rahab. Now, the, the scripture refers to her as a harlot. Today, we look as a harlot being a lady of the night. And uh, I, I don't know what type of lady that she was. Now, the Bible in biblical times, it was also referred to as an innkeeper. The word had a dual meaning, meaning innkeeper. Now, I, I would like to say that she was more an innkeeper because I'd be wondering what those men were doing there. But, but the scripture tells us that she took them in and when, uh, the king, the leader had heard about, uh, their whereabouts, that he sent men to Rahab's house. And when they came to Rahab's house and she heard them beating upon the door, she told them there were men here, but they have already gone. And so, they left and came back and she hid them upon the roof of the house. And so when she had took time to hide them, the men came in and they began to search out the house and look for the spies that had came in to her. And so they could not find them. And when they left, uh, Rahab went and she got the spies and she told them, now you need to go hide yourself in the earth for three days. Hide yourself in the mountains for three days because they're going to go searching for you. And uh, so she asked them, said, now I have went to great extreme. I have risked my life for your safety. And I ask you, now the people here are scared. They're worried. They're concerned because... They have heard about the great things that God did for you in delivering you out of Egypt. We have heard the stories of how that the Red Sea parted and you walked across on dry ground. We've heard the stories about the kings of the countries that you have already taken. And now the men of this city, the men of war of this city, their heart, is gone from them. They're scared. They're concerned. They're worried because they know that God is on your side. I ask you to do me a favor that when you come to take this city, ask your God and your leader to remember what I have done for you this day. And the scripture said that she dropped a red rope over the side of the house that was set up on the wall higher than anything else and elevated above the ground and setting on top of the wall that they had a scarlet rope that was let down where the men could escape. And so they told her, now when we get ready to take the city, what we want you to do, this is for a sign where we will know, I want you to leave this scarlet rope hanging out the window, where you will be recognized and all the men of war will know the thing that you have done. And this will represent that we are to pass over your house. Now, there is types and shadows all through the Old Testament of what was to come in the New Testament, this this story of Rahab, I believe, is a type and shadow of the things that were to come. We find that she told them, now, go hide yourself in the hills for three days. Now, I believe this is a type and a shadow of Jesus that was hid in the earth. For three days and three nights. And he rose again on the third day. The scarlet rope that was hung from the window, I believe, is a representation of the blood, which is red. 
The Scripture tells us, our commentaries tell us, dealing with scarlet, that it was a dye that had come. It was a not just a regular type of dye, but it was a deep dye that was obtained from a small worm that was found in the oak leaves, that it left in uh, the Mediterranean countries, that it left such a serious stain that there was nothing that would wash it away, that they would go as far into whatever they were dying in this scarlet, that they would double dip it to make it forever stained. So it is a representation of the blood. This book is full of blood. This is a bloody book. This is this this blood is from the beginning to the ending of this book. In the beginning we find that when man sinned, the first thing that God did, he shed blood and he put skins upon their nakedness. We find that then blood was shed in the first sacrifice then we find that it was a representation all through the Old Testament, the covenant, the law of Moses and and what was there and what was being represented of the blood. The spotless lamb that was coming in the New Testament. We find that when, when John came to the place of baptism and there he were baptizing those who had come And uh, they began to ask him, and he said, I am not that one that is coming, but there's one that's coming after me whose shoes I am not worthy to unlatch. And when he seen Jesus coming afar off, his cry was, Behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. I want to tell you today, this is a bloody book. Amen. But without the shedding of blood, the Scripture said, there is no remission of sins. Amen. So, we find that this woman, Rahab, she took, the Scripture said, she didn't even take the rope back in the window. But she left the rope hanging out the side of her window. I'm sure that it got a lot of people's attention. I'm sure that a lot of people questioned her. Rahab, what's the deal with the scarlet thread hanging out your window? Blowing in the breeze. And she would pass it on and try and no doubt to keep it secret that she was the one who delivered the spies out of the city of Jericho. And sometimes people ridicule and people do not understand the meaning of the blood of Jesus Christ, what it represents in our life. Some people, Brother Duplessis, has already mentioned that they think the preaching of the cross is foolishness. But to me it's more than just a story. Amen. It's something that means everything to me in my life. What is it, Rahab, about the rope that's dangling in the breeze? Well, I can't tell you right now, but one day you're going to see. One day you're going to understand. Amen. Some people would ask you the question, what is it about going to the house of God? Why do you go to church all the time? Why do you live like you live? Why do you act like you act? Why do you conduct yourself like you conduct yourself? Is it one time a year enough to go to church? Is it two or three times a year enough to go to church? Why do you go to church on Sunday morning? Why do you go to church on Sunday night? Why do you go to church on on Wednesday night? Why do you go to church on revival nights? Why is everything that you do around church and dedicated to the work of God? Amen. Because it means something far more to me than anybody else may ever understand in their life. Amen. The crucifixion of Jesus 
was a bloody, 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 horrible sight. Amen. They tell us that the Scripture says that he was beaten so bad and it was so terrible that he was marred that he could not even be recognized who he was. And those who are supposed to be his friends, those who are supposed to love him, those who he worked miracles for in his three and a half years of ministry had delivered him up to be crucified. Some were weeping at the sight. Some were upset at the sight. Some were bothered about what was going on as Jesus made His way to Calvary with the cross on His back and the stripes leaking and seeping the blood from His body as He was staggering under the weight of the cross. They began to follow Him and a great company of people and of women which also began to cry and to worry and tears come down their face as they remembered what He had done. This beloved Jesus, the minister, the preacher of the gospel, the one who healed the sick, the one who raised the dead. And they begin to think about it and tears begin to come out of their eyes. And horror begin to come upon them as they were crying. Jesus turned to them and He said, Daughters of Jerusalem, weep not for Me, but weep for yourselves and for your children. Amen. As if to say, Jesus said, I'm doing this for you. I'm doing this for each and every one of you today. I'm doing this for those who are before Calvary and those who would come after Calvary. Amen. The blood that ran down His back. The nails that was placed in His hand. The nails that was placed in His feet. The spear that pierced His side. It was because He knew that you were going to be sitting here today. That you were going to be needing redemption. That you were going to need someone to step up and to take the cross for you. Amen. It wasn't His sins. It wasn't anything that He did to deserve what He was getting. But it was for the sins of the entire world. Amen. The blood as they placed the crown of thorns upon His head. The blood trickled down His forehead into His eyes as He was hanging there on the cross. And those who began to make fun, saying if He's who He says He is, why don't He call angels down and come and get Him off of the cross? There's great controversy a few years ago about who was responsible for the death of Jesus Christ. Was it the Romans or was it the Jews? I tell you that no one took His life. He gave His life. Because no man was able to take His life. They didn't have to hold Him still when they placed Him outstretched on that old rugged cross. Because when He was laying there, you and you and you and you and you and I was on His mind. That He was not doing it for His sins, but He was doing it for what you have done. What the blood of goats and the blood of lambs and the blood of rams could not do. The blood of Jesus Christ did not just push your sins away for another year, but the blood of Jesus Christ totally and forever washed them away and placed them where they are never to be remembered again. The blood, the blood of Jesus. 
that precious blood. Amen. Songs have been sung this morning from the beginning of this service about the precious blood of Jesus. Oh, that blood. What was he doing on the Calvary that day? He was purchasing himself a bride. Amen. He was making himself a church. The devil said it's not worth it. The devil said they're no, they're no good. The devil said they're not worth redemption. But Jesus seen something in everyone there that day. And Jesus has seen something in mankind that fell in the garden. Amen. That Jesus seen something about man when he went to destroy them in, in, uh, joy, in, in uh, Noah's time. That when he went to destroy them, God seen something in, in Noah. And he said, I found a just man. I will not destroy everybody. Amen. Nobody was worth saving, but God seen somebody worth saving. Amen. The devil might say that you're not worth anything today. But I want to tell you about a God that loves you. A God that loves you so much that He allowed them to drive nails in His hands for you. Amen. Amen. So all through the Bible... God loved man so much that when he went to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, he got Lot out and his two daughters and his wife. Anyone that was willing to come out, he was willing to save. All through the Bible, we find that Rahab was willing to make a statement. And so the God that we serve was willing to save her. The house with the red rope. Amen. When I think about where God has brought me from. And when I think about the price that was paid for the church. Amen. We find that Jesus was speaking with his disciples. And he asked them the question. He said, whom do men say that I am? They begin to say, well, some say you're a prophet. Some say you're Elias risen from the dead. Some even say, Herod even thinks that you're John the Baptist. Come back to life. And then Jesus looked at his disciples and he said, whom do ye say that I am? And Peter, standing up, making his voice heard, said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus looked at His disciples and He said, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed this unto you, but my Father which is in heaven. I say unto thee, Peter, upon this rock, not, not the rock meaning the apostle Peter, because that means a small stone. But he set up on this rock, meaning the revelation of the mighty God in Christ. Upon the revelation of who Jesus really is. Let me tell you today, Jesus is not the second person in some triune Godhead. Amen. Jesus is God. Manifest in the flesh. He said, upon this revelation, I will build my church. Amen. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. The world has tried to come to the church. The world has tried to destroy the church. The world has talked about the church. The world has ridiculed the church. Amen. But let me tell you something. This church was purchased by precious blood. Amen. This church was purchased by the blood of Jesus Christ. This church represents a place of freedom. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. 
This place represents to those who are bound, those who are afflicted, those who are hurting, those who are in stress, those who are fighting persecution in their life. Amen. This is a place that you can come to and where the weary can find rest. Amen. This is a place where the sick can come to and the sick can be healed. This is a place where the drug addict can come to and God is still able to deliver the drug addict in the house of God. lost, when I was undone, when I didn't have any place to go, I find help in the house of God. I want to tell you today that the church is still a place with the red rope hanging. Amen. All you got to do is reach out and grasp hold of it and say, hey, God, it's me. I need some help. God, I need some strength. God, I need some deliverance. I want to tell you, you can find help in the house of God. Hallelujah. 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 What support groups cannot do. Amen. What organization cannot do. Although they work good for those who do not know God. Amen. But an organization has never been able to deliver you. But what you have got to understand is, God is the only thing that can deliver me from what I'm facing and what I'm going through. Amen. I can counsel you till I'm blue in the face until your ears fall off of the side of your head and it won't do you any good. But I want to tell you a place that you can come and find help anytime. Amen. A place that you can come. Listen at me, backslider. That's under the sound of my voice today. That you can come and the red rope is still hanging from the window. Amen. They wonder what's why, why you get so excited about the church. Amen. Because I realize where I would be if it was not for the mercy and the grace of God. I realize what would be going on in my life today if it was not for the blessings of God but thank God I made my way to an old apostolic church and I got a hold of something that is real I got a hold of something that forever changed my life hallelujah hallelujah Hallelujah, it's still a place for deliverance. Amen, Rahab. Once you pull the rope back into the window. Amen, society says, why don't you pull the rope back into the window? Why don't you just put it aside? But there's still people that's hurting. Amen, if the one... On the side of the road in Beaumont this morning, the one who has strung out from drugs can make their way and find a hold of the rope. Amen. If you are in this place, they say, why don't you smoke cigarettes? Amen. I got a hold of the rope and it delivered me. Why don't you drink beer? I got a hold of the rope and it delivered me. Why don't you do the things of the world? I got a hold of the rope and it delivered me. Amen. It's not because I can't. It's because God changed my life. Amen. God picked me up. I don't have to be addicted to the things of the world. Amen. But I am addicted to Jesus today. Why? Because I got a hold of the rope. And the rope has helped me. The church has helped me. The blood of Jesus Christ has washed me from my sins. Woo! 
Hallelujah. 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 Amen. When I think about the blood that was shed, one drop of that blood, one drop of that blood, one drop of that blood. You might say, oh, you don't know where I'm at. You don't know who I am. You don't know what I'm facing. You don't know what I'm going through. I don't have to know who you are. I don't have to know what you're facing. I don't have to know what you're going through. You don't have to know who I am. All you've got to do is realize who He is. And realize I need help that I can't give myself. People amaze me. I've got to get my things straightened out where I can come to God. No, no, no. You don't get things straightened out where you can come to God. You come to God and God straightens out your things. Amen. And God starts putting things back in order. And God starts putting things back in place. Amen. I tell you today that whatever you're going through, God is in this house today. And the blood has already been shed. Amen. The price has already been paid. All you've got to do is say, Here I am, God. I need help. God, I need deliverance. God, I need something that only You can give me. Hallelujah. For this is my blood, Jesus said of the New Testament which is shed for many for the remission of sin. And having made peace through the blood of His cross. Oh, let me tell you something that will help you sleep at night. It's not another pill. It's not another drink from the bottle. It's not another party. But this is the rest that will cause the weary to rest. Yes, amen. Let me tell you about my God is able to do something that the doctor can't do. When the doctor says there's nothing else I can do for you, besides that, most of their answers is another pill. There's more legal drug addicts in America today probably than there are street drug addicts depending on narcotics to help them through another day. But let me tell you, you don't need that when you grab a hold of the rope. You don't need that when you get a hold of what I got a hold of. You don't need that when you realize, hey, that blood is not just for them, but that blood is for me. This is the rest. For as much as you know that we were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by the traditions from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without that blood, that blood that was shed on Calvary that day. That blood, as His arms stretched wide, His arms is still stretched wide for each and every person under the sound of my voice this morning, saying, Give me your hurting. Give me your tired. Give me those who are yearning to breathe free. And I will make them free. There's still a red rope in the house of God. As people walk by, they may ridicule. They may laugh. They may talk about it. They make, make fun of the Pentecostals. Everybody needs something to talk about. 
couldn't be much of a better subject. But you know what? Such, look, look at all these people sitting in here. Such were some of you. But you have been washed. So yes, when we come to church, we get a little emotional. You might look over to one and they'd be crying. You might look over at another one and they'll be laughing. You might look at one and you'll think we're having a fire drill because they take off running. Somebody might be rolling in the floor. Somebody might be jumping up and down. Somebody might be hollering, come on. Another might be hollering, give up. There's all kinds of things that goes on in an apostolic church. But such were some of you. Oh yeah, we're not perfect. We're just forgiven. Amen. We're not there yet, but we're trying to go there. Amen. Some of us were sinners. Some of us were alcoholics. Some drug addicts. That's the reason why we get excited when we come into the house of God about our God. Because I remember, and we remember where we were, the day that God threw out the lifeline. Some of you were sleeping under a bridge. And now you're sleeping in a good house. Some of you had an old broken down car and now you're driving a good car. Some of you didn't have a job and now you got a job. Some of you was bound, but now you set free. And they want to tell me that the church is no good for today's society. Just like they've come too late to tell me that we're not living in a good country. You've come too late to tell me the church is not necessary today. Because if it was not for the house with the rope hanging out the window. With the lifeline that was thrown out to me that Thursday night. Where would I be? Hallelujah. Let's lift our hands toward heaven, church, right now. Reach out to God. Hallelujah. 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 In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, God, you see every need in this place right now. You see every situation, you see every problem. You see the ones who are hurting, God. Oh, Holy Ghost, move right now. Help me today, church. Come on, let's reach out to God. There's those who are hurting in this house right now. There's somebody that's yearning and longing to breathe free. There's somebody that's needing deliverance in this place right now. I want to tell you about a God. Oh, He didn't stay on the cross. But they put Him in a tomb, but the tomb could not hold Him. Gravity could not keep Him here. He has risen and He's living forevermore today and He is real and alive in this service right now. Why don't you open up your heart to Him today? Why don't you open up your mind and your spirit to God? You've tried everything else and it's failed. Some of you is like the old song that the singer sung. I've been everywhere, man. I've been everywhere. I've done everything. You've been everywhere. You've done everything to try to find help, to try to find something that would ease the pain. I feel the Holy Ghost wanting to touch somebody in this place right now. I'm, 
I'm going to just wait on God just a minute here. Everywhere trying to find help. You're in a place of help today. You're in a place of deliverance today. You're in a place of safety today. You're in a place that a God is in this house that can make you smile again. Hallelujah. 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 Work right now, God. Jesus' name. If you don't know God in the power of the Holy Ghost, you say, what do I have to do? It's not shaking my hand. It's not signing a decision card. But it's a new birth plan of salvation. You've got to repent. For all of your sins, you've got to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. You're going to repent. The old man is going to die just like the death of Christ. You're going to be buried in the name of Jesus in a watery grave. And then you're going to rise to the newness of life when you're brought out of that watery grave. And you're going to be filled with the Holy Ghost, with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. Just like happened on the day of Pentecost in the second chapter of the book of Acts and the tenth chapter of the book of Acts and the eighteenth chapter of the book of Acts. Just like happened then, is happening today. That's what it takes to be saved. That's what you've got to do. And let me tell you today, the red rope is still here to help those who are in need. As a church stands, hallelujah, let's lift our hands toward heaven and reach out to Him. If you want to step out right now, make your way to this front, lift your hands toward heaven and say, here I am, God, I need you, I need help. Maybe you want to step out from where you're standing right now. Make your way to this front and lift your hands toward heaven and say, God, I just want to thank you for the price that has been paid. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, church. Let's respond to the Lord right now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I am I want to tell you, it'll feel so good to be free from sin. It'll feel so good to be free from guilt. It'll feel so good to be free from shame today. Why don't you just say your eyes? Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah.
Of 